You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome to the Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada, exploring cutting-edge health and wellness information and therapies, helping you to take your health to the next level. I am your host, Kathy Biasse, and I am a holistic nutritionist and a professional cancer coach. This week on the Health Hub, we are taking a deep dive into magnesium with our guest, Dr. Carolyn Dean. Dr. Dean is a medical doctor and naturopath. She is the author of over 50 books, including the bestseller, The Magnesium Miracle, along with IBS for Dummies, Hormone Balance, Death by Modern Medicine, and 110 Kindle books. In 2015, Dr. Dean launched the RNA Reset brand based on nutrient protocols she built through 40 plus years of experience in private healthcare practice. Dr. Dean's career as a medical doctor and naturopath resulted in a collection of unique proprietary formulations that support precise applications while remaining safe for everyday use. RNA resets high quality minerals and vitamins provide direct support for the health goals of the consumer market and are suggested to patients by healthcare professionals around the world. As CEO, Dr. Dean provides her leadership and vision for enabling people to take control of their own health. We talk about many things about magnesium, including why magnesium is essential for our health, what health issues are associated with magnesium deficiency, and what the best form of magnesium supplement is to take These three points, along with many more, please do stay tuned. We will be back in just a few minutes to speak with Dr. Dean. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. Today's show has been recorded, so no opportunity for calling in. Please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on those locations. Carolyn, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking this early morning to be with us. Yes, thank you. It's still dark here in Maui, but... At 5 a.m., but seriously, I'm up at I'm up at four and, you know, to bed at nine o'clock. So it's it's how we should be living I, with, you, the, with the cycle. Right? With the site. And you're originally from Toronto. What got you to, to Maui? Well, I'm originally born in Newfoundland for Pete's oh, sake. Oh, OK. And yeah, and grew up in Nova Scotia, did my medical training at Dalhousie University, the toughest med school in North America. In in third year medicine, we were 
in order to pass third year, we had to write fourth year American board. So it's a tough university. And then I went to McMaster and did the, my fourth year, and that was a tutorial system. So I really got to expand on the on the hospital wards, actually, because I'd done all my my training in the in the you know theory and in the books, whereas the rest of the McMaster students they'd been doing tutorial uh, study for three years, and and they had to hit the books to write the formal exam at the end of our fourth year to get our Canadian board. So anyway, I was just blessed all the way through my medical training. And then during my internship, I started my naturopathic training. And you stuck with that course of action or did you integrate both both sides of it? Integrated both, totally mm-hmm. integrated both. I practiced as a medical doctor. So, you know, my patients were able to to be covered by the socialist system, mm-hmm. <laughs> medical system. And, um, you know, I was able to influence people to stay healthy. I had two types of um, patients in my practice. I had people who were very, very ill. I was a, I was a resort doctor, you know, the doctor of last resort. Mm-hmm. And half of my patients just wanted to do preventive medicine and stay healthy. So it was an incredible practice. I, I was, I was filled to the gills, you know, in my first year. So I was a very busy, um, you know, nutritional medical doctor. How long ago was that? I started my practice in Toronto in 1979 and I wow. left there in um, what would have been 1993. I was offered, um, to go to uh, Manhattan to work on an alternative therapy for AIDS and chronic fatigue. And that was quite incredible. So I left in 1993. And we still don't have doctors like you with all the progression of integrative care. um, We, I, I can't think of, uh, you know, more than a handful of doctors who do now what you did back then. Very progressive. You must have, uh, you know, you must have been very unique in your community. I think it's awesome. Yeah, very, very unique. In med school, see, I went into medicine because nobody would listen to me when I was telling them about lifestyle and exercise Mm and diet. And I was into it when I, in my teens. And uh, I say I went into medicine because no one would listen to me. And if I had an MD behind my name, maybe they'd listen. Mm -hmm. And I really totally believe that, that, you know, within a decade, all doctors would be doing nutritional medicine. But uh, what happened is, you know, we went down the, you know, the wrong path and followed um, big pharma, you know, drug-based, surgery-based medicine. And, and we lost, well, doctors have lost their souls. Mm-hmm. In, in North America, uh, doctors work in clinics, they don't have independent practices, they're run by their, you know, whatever marketing team in the clinic or hospital. So they just have to follow the orders of the, the clinic, they have no independence. And that's what keeps doctors from being able to, to recommend uh, natural, uh, 
even supplements, even dietary mm-hmm. supplements, because um, it's it's frowned upon. Oh, there haven't been a do- enough studies. There's no double-blind placebo control studies on vitamin D. How can you possibly prescribe it? It's just horrible because mm-hmm. when you look at nutrients and you look at biochemistry, you see that every nutrient is a cofactor in every metabolic process. And we're going to be talking about magnesium. Magnesium is required for 80% of known metabolic functions, 80%. So if you don't have enough magnesium on board, 80% of your body is kind of slacking and lacking. And who's, who's going to tell you that? And doctors won't tell you that because I never learned that in medical school. And certainly Big Pharma isn't going to tell you that because they don't want you to feel better on magnesium so that you you will be feeling bad enough to go to doctors and get drugs for magnesium deficiency symptoms. What what made you focus on magnesium with all of the other minerals and nutrients and, you know, so-called deficiencies that we are having in our, in our diet and lifestyle. How did you get drawn to magnesium? Because this has been, uh, you know, many, many years that you have been writing about and researching and trumpeting this mineral. Well, it's very personal. Um, what is it? Uh, uh, the necessity of a mother, the mother of invention, or something. Necessity is the mother say? of invention. Exactly. <laughs> necessity is the mother of invention. Thank you. It is five a.m. here, <laughs> but anyway, what happened is when I was doing this um, uh, AIDS and chronic fatigue research in in Manhattan using a natural, you know, homeopathic acupuncture herbal um, uh, modality. Somehow I got on New York television. I was I was the nutritional person on the View actually for really? for a few years until they started doing direct to consumer drug advertising. And I'm sure in the in the clause of the contracts with these drug companies, they said, "Well, you can't have anybody on there that puts down drugs or has alternatives to drugs." So mm-hmm. you know, I was gone. But um, I also started writing books and um, Random House got a hold of me and asked me to do a book on magnesium. Uh, One of their editors had had migraine headaches, had, quote, cured herself with magnesium. So they they thought, oh, let's let's get a book on this. So I... um, I thought at first, well, gosh, how can you write a 300-page book on one mineral? But lo and behold, when I started to do the research, and thank goodness, you know, I was I was online, I could do online research, I found out, Kathy, that I was the poster child for magnesium deficiency. I had mm-hmm. been operating at a very high-functioning level with a lot of headaches and muscle pains and leg cramps, Charlie horses, and heart palpitations. And what I was doing is medicating myself with the treatment we were using for for our chronic fatigue patients, because I thought, well, you know, that's where I'm going because I'm burning myself out. Come to find out it's all magnesium deficiency. But then the next part was 
when I started to take more magnesium and thought I was feeling a bit better, I got the laxative effect immediately. So this is this is where magnesium is difficult for doctors and you know the public to get their heads around because it is called a laxative. When you do take a, a certain amount, you can get the laxative effect. With me, that certain amount was 50 milligrams. So then, you know, the book was published, it was a big hit. And I spent the next 10 years trying to get a mineral company to investigate non-laxative forms of magnesium, of which there weren't any. Finally, I had to do it myself with a with a chemist. So what's happening in the world of of nutrition and health is the like I said, the most important nutrient is magnesium. 80% of our known metabolic functions require magnesium, yet when people take it, they can't take enough to get rid of all their symptoms before having diarrhea. Mm -hmm. What what are symptoms of, you mentioned a few of them, but I want to ask the question pointedly, what are symptoms of magnesium deficiency? Symptoms that we can, you know, look to ourselves as the, as the look to our bodies and say, mm. you know, this could be me. Mm. Sure, sure. Well, head to foot, you've got uh, scalp tension, you've got muscles tightening in your scalp and and therefore headaches, uh, muscle tension headaches. You've got migraines. You've got eye twitching. Um, what I'm describing is what happens to the muscles because um, in this dance between calcium and magnesium, when you don't have enough magnesium, your muscles get tight. Mm -hmm. So the tightening muscles then you can get uh, reflux, you can get esophageal spasms so that, you know, swallowing sometimes if you swallow a, a big enough uh, dietary supplement, you can gag on it. Acid reflux. Can you believe, you know, if your stomach is in spasm and you're pushing stomach contents up into your, into your mouth, your esophagus and mouth, acid reflux. If you've got leg cramps, the Charlie horses I mentioned, you know, you're lying in bed and you have a nice stretch of your legs and your legs cramp up so much, you, you just, it's just the most painful thing. You have to jump on, onto the floor and, and just balance your feet out. So then all the muscles in the body can have symptoms. The heart is a huge muscle. So what happens if you don't have enough magnesium and then re relatively more calcium, your, your heart muscle can go into spasm. What's that? Angina. What can it lead to? Heart attack. What happens with the smooth muscles of your, your blood vessels, your arteries? Those smooth muscles cramp up. You, you get high blood pressure. In infertility can be caused by magnesium deficiency because the fallopian tubes and muscles lining the fallopian tubes can spasm up and not allow sperm to, to transmit. I've identified over 65 medical conditions that are related to magnesium deficiency that are mistreated with drugs, anxiety, depression, uh, constipation itself, because I know we use magnesium as a laxative, but 
if you get um, a, a liquid form of magnesium that's a, a stabilized ion of magnesium, it can go into the muscles, relax the muscles, let's say now in the intestines, and then allow the normal peristaltic action of the large intestine to take place so that you have normal bowel movement. So it's it's any symptom. I, I mean, I don't know if you want me to list the 65, but <laughs> it's quite incredible to consider that we're missing magnesium deficiency and treating drugs with drugs instead. Is this the same for other minerals or do they not just, they just don't have the impact or it were, it's easier for us to get them into our diet? Um, all the other minerals are, are similarly deficient because our food supply is so dependent on minerals in the soil mm-hmm. and the soil has been farmed out and they're not replacing minerals in the soil. They're just putting potash, potassium and nitrogen based uh, fertilizers. So the soil is completely deficient. I throw up my hands now when I hear all the talk about, oh, you know, we're getting into diet and, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of uh, allopathic medicine is talking about diet now. I mean, that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. It really has because it's not only processed food and packaged food and food with all the the uh, synthetic ingredients but it's uh, the soil is so depleted the food is depleted you know when you think of the new diets think of keto you know people say it's miraculous i mean i like keto but i make sure people are on my dietary supplements when they're on keto mm-hmm. because there's no there're no nutrients in the food anymore but if you were on a non-keto diet and let, ate a lot more uh, vegetables and fruits and carbs, you would get some nutrients. But on a keto diet, you are you're getting very few nutrients. So mm-hmm. the the diet world is upside down and and gone in such a faddish direction that mm-hmm. people don't know what to think anymore. I totally agree. Now, we just don't have the bandwidth to talk about 65 diseases, but the one that <laughs> has caught my eye only because I have seen um, recent research is depression and anxiety. And we certainly don't have to go down the rabbit hole of all of this, but you know, the newer research is showing that depression and anxiety, the research is moving away from a chemical imbalance. And when you talk about magnesium as being um, necessary for proper brain function, it's it's just a perfect timing to speak about this. Are you doing any mm-hmm. research into that area specifically? I just find it it just the trend is going in that direction. And then to talk about how a lack of magnesium can add to this condition, I find is ironic. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's pretty sad, really. What we've done in my company, our research, we've done, we are doing university-based research on absorption of, of magnesium. We're doing some athletic studies to find out what happens to the mitochondria when, when athletes have magnesium on board, et cetera. But to do an anxiety study would, would cost a billion dollars. So what, what we do, you know, with uh, previously with my, 
patients and clients and now with my customers, we we get a lot of testimonials about people who have been anxious for decades and taken all the drugs. And then when they get saturated with magnesium, they lose those symptoms. Now, what's going on with anxiety and depression is um, you start sleeping badly. Well, magnesium is necessary for a good sleep in terms of how your muscles are more relaxed, your your brain stops doing the what I used to call gramophone thoughts, but nobody know, even knows what a gramophone <laughs> is now. So all these <laughs> swirling thoughts that you have. So your muscles are relaxed. You can get a good night's sleep. You wake up in the morning and um, you ha- take more magnesium. Then magnesium gives you energy. Magnesium works in the in the mitochondria to create ATP-MG energy. ATP, adenosine triphosphate, everybody knows about it, but they don't know that it's it's branched with magnesium indelibly. You can't have ATP without magnesium. So you get your energy. So what are people with uh, insomnia and apathy and fatigue? What are they saying to their doctor? Well, you know, I can't sleep and I'm so tired and I have no energy. I have I have no motivation. Oh, you're depressed. Here, mm-hmm. take this SSRI. Take Prozac. Oh, Prozac has fluoride in it. It'll help you uh, help the drug get across your blood-brain barrier. What is fluoride? It's a toxic poison. It attaches to magnesium. I think magnesium trying to get rid of it but it binds up magnesium into a brittle substance that um, that binds or precipitates, let's say, in tendons and muscles. And you hear about drug, fluoride-based drugs like Cipro, Ciprofloxacin. Cipro, one of the major side effects is tendon rupture. So I say that, okay, the fluoride in Cipro binds to whatever magnesium you have, deposits in the tendons and causes tendon rupture. Now, what the so-called scientists in big pharma say is, oh, well, no, in in the test tube, in the Petri dish, um, Prozac and Cipro, and seriously, most of the common drugs are fluoride-based. Those drugs don't break down. But, Kathy, in the gut, the microbiome, our bacteria, break those drugs down and fluoride is released and you have fluoride in the body. So it, it's a really horrible situation where you have the the drugs that doctors say, oh, that this will help you, Prozac for depression. They're causing even worse symptoms. Okay. It, um, I want to ask 17 more questions right now, but let's take a quick break before um, we get into, uh, I want to get into this cop- topic a little bit more about medications because so many of us are on medications. So everybody, we're just going to take mm. a quick break and we will be right back. You are listening to The Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email THH at RadioMaria.ca. We now continue with the program. 
Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back. We are talking with Dr. Carolyn Dean. Carolyn, uh, just to pick up where we left off on medications, many of us are on medications. Would you uh, go as far to say that most medications deplete magnesium? Yes, I would. And as a general statement, um, again, because magnesium does so much in the body, it's part of the detoxification um, uh, pathways. So drugs are foreign chemicals. The body has to detoxify them, break them down in a form that's easily eliminated through the bowels or the, or the bladder. So magnesium is going to be used up there. But um, continuing our conversation about the fluoride-based drugs, we've got drugs like Prozac, as I said, Paxil, Mm-hmm. Cipro, Diflucan, Celebrex, Prevacid, Propulsid, Lipitor, Advair, and steroids that are fluoride-based. So that is, I mean, I could almost say that's 80% of the drugs yeah, we're taking. Antacids have fluoride in them. And, you know, people swallow them every day. Mm-hmm. So we've got a situation where the medications that are supposed to, well, they're not, they do not cure us. They're, they just treat our symptoms. Mm-hmm. And we have a medical system that won't allow people to, to even get educated about what nutrients can do for the body. Um, I'm in a system here in, um, in the States with the FDA that will not allow even testimonials of dietary supplements to be represented on on a, a website to mm-hmm. say that oh you know this supplement really helped me with my migraines my my atrial fibrillation my uh, charlie horse leg cramps my insomnia uh, they won't even allow that to be said because they say well that makes your dietary supplement look like a drug and if you're going to make a claim that your dietary supplement helps a medical condition, you have to do the billion-dollar mm-hmm. double-blind placebo-controlled study to prove it. So, I mean, no wonder people are all over the internet trying to find, you know, what to do about their symptoms. And then you you get the medical backlash that, oh, you know, there's all these false claims. Actually, you know what happened, Kathy, with the with the um, horrible shutdown where we all suffered and some mm-hmm. are still suffering, uh, the lockdown. Yeah. People realized that they needed to take more dietary supplements. What did we hear? Vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, magnesium were all important for the immune system. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's happened since then? Uh, there's been a lot of research, actually, because money f- funding did go out to understand these nutrients, and there were a lot of positive messages. But now, in the in the states, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. They've come out against dietary supplements. They sent letters to 670 dietary supplement and drug companies and homeopathic companies to say that if they started 
uh, well, if they found positive health testimonials from these companies that they would get um, fined $50,000 per infraction of this supposed law. Now, my company, we never got a letter because we know the rules and we, yeah. we follow them. So and it's a matter of 70 companies. And people have to take, you know, get this understanding and understand how the system works so that they, you know, we can take our health into our own hands. Now, I know there is testing for magnesium, but there is a difference between testing for magnesium in the blood and testing for magnesium in the tissue. Which one is more relevant? Well, yes, that's a big problem. Every um, review article you read uh, medically about uh, magnesium says, well, we can't trust serum magnesium because there's only 1% of the total body magnesium in the serum. You test it and you, you know, it's a very narrow margin and the body has the feedback mechanisms. If um, there's not enough magnesium in the serum, it's taken out of the, the bones and muscles. I mean, it's simple. Otherwise, we'd have heart attacks all the time. Right. So serum doesn't give you a good judgment. Red blood cell magnesium, a bit better, but um, again, it's not what's in the cells. Red blood cells actually don't have mitochondria. And mitochondria, as I said, they're, they, that's where all the energy is made in the Krebs cycle. So the red blood cells don't have mitochondria. Therefore, they don't have a lot of magnesium, but you know they supposedly give a better result. What um, my research has been doing is we work with ionized magnesium testing, IMAG testing, but that's only available in um, ICUs, for example. But no. it's what gets into the cells because it's only like a magnesium compound, for example. The body has to break down that magnesium compound to allow the ion of magnesium to jump into a cell. Well, magnesium is so reactive, it'll just bind right back up after a split, split, split second. So, you know, what I've been working on is a stabilized ion of magnesium that gets into the cells and does its work. And then that's the blood test that has to be done to see what, how much ionized magnesium we have available to do the 80% of known metabolic functions. So we're going to assume that we're not getting that test done. Um, and so the right. next thing we have right. to do is ask the question. And the next thing I need to do is ask the question, how much magnesium should we be taking a day in supplement form? Is there an upper limit? Is there a toxic level that we need to know about? Well, the only toxicity of uh, magnesium I've come across is when when you're in hospital and you, you get an overzealous uh, intern giving you a very high dose of intravenous magnesium, and then that can disrupt your electrolytes. In, in um, you know, day-to-day taking a dietary supplement by mouth, if you get, quote, too much, you'll have the laxative effect. It's the safest mineral there is. But the laxative effect does not mean you're saturated. As I said in the beginning, I can't take 50 milligrams of a normal mag supplement because I'll get the laxative effect. So 
in my case, when when I, as I said, I'm working with a stabilized ion of magnesium, I could take 1,200 milligrams of that magnesium. I took that for about a year and a half and got rid of all of my magnesium deficiency symptoms, including heart palpitations. So when we see the RDA of 300 to to 400 mag, uh, milligrams, it, it depends on what form you're taking, whether or not um, your body's even going to allow you to take that much. And for me, that wouldn't have helped me to take only 300 milligrams. So is yours the only product that offers magnesium in this form? Yes, so far mm-hmm. it is. It's um, it's um, a proprietary process that has stabilized the ion of magnesium. And it's unfortunate that I'm not able to you know, advertise it or, mm-hmm. you know, even really discuss it that much because, um, because of the restrictions we have, but, uh, it is necessary for people to saturate with magnesium in order to, you know, from head to foot, get rid of these symptoms that, um, that are misdiagnosed. Um, when taking magnesium, so let's talk about your, your product. Your product is readily available to everybody, right? Yes, correct. We went okay. through the hoops and, and, you know, whatever, uh, health Canada threw at us to get magnesium I- into Canada. So yes, it's sold all over the world. Okay. Um, w- do you titrate up? Okay. Let's talk about the process. Yes. First of all, do you titrate up and do you take it? Um, once a day, do you take it, you know, before bed for sleep and then waking yeah. up for, so let us in on that process. Yeah. Perfect question. Uh, first of all, what I do is get people to hydrate with water into which they put sea salt. Sea salt has 72 minerals. We're lacking minerals. It It's screened out, filtered out of our drinking water. So hydration is key because it's water that pulls minerals in toward the cells, into the cells to do the work. Hydration guidelines, you take your body weight in pounds, divide that in half, and drink that many ounces of water a day. And in every liter of water, you put a quarter teaspoon of a good sea salt. A good sea salt mean it ha- means it has some color in it. Uh, if it's pure white, then it's been refined. Mm-hmm. And then what we do, we start with a quarter teaspoon of my liquid minerals. It's called Remag. And a quarter teaspoon in one of your liters of water. And we tell people to sip that water through the day because your cells want to have a consistent supply as if you were getting it in food and snacks and whatever, but it's not in our food and snacks. I mean, a hundred years ago, Kathy, we could get a hundred to what is it? 500 milligrams of magnesium a hundred years ago in our diet. Now we're lucky to get 200 and mm-hmm. I think we need 600 milligrams. So you're sipping it through the day so that you get your, you, you don't overload your cells. If you t- took, you know, your two or three teaspoons of Remag all together in the morning, well, first of all, it might give you a laxative effect because you overload your cells and then you've wasted your magnesium, but you sip it through the day 
And then try not to drink too much liquid, you know, in the in the late afternoon, evening, because then you'll get up in the night to mm-hmm. go to the bathroom. But that's how you take magnesium. Um, let's go over some of the other common supplements, because I think it uh, it makes a lot of sense to go over the ones that we know versus your type and see where they line up. So bisglycinate was the mm. one that I spoke to you about, that uh, that's the one that I commonly take. Um, and then there's citrate and magnesium. There's another one I that is very common. You can't get enough of these compared to what your product is doing, correct? Well, correct. I, I guess I would say, Kathy, that the you know the people who approach me as you know clients or customers, they they've tried magnesium and they haven't been satisfied with the results. So I would say you know maybe a quarter, a third of people can take the glycinates or the citrates and do pretty well on them. I mean, we do hear it all the time that, oh, I sleep better and and this and that. But then, you know, they're still suffering heart palpitations or, you know, certain you know, deep symptoms that they wouldn't even relate as being caused by magnesium. So people can do well on on other magnesiums. I'm not saying they can't. I mean, you can even take a magnesium oxide, which only, is only 4% absorbed. It's used as a laxative, but the original magnesium studies were done on magnesium oxide and and people benefited. They were all positive results, even to the point, you know, sort of brain symptoms where, you know, some magnesium say, oh, this is the only magnesium that gets into the brain. No, if your magnesium compound breaks down for that infinitesimal second and gets into a cell, it's going to help a person. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you always have to have calcium with magnesium? A lot of these supplements Mm. are sold together. Does calcium help with it? And you can actually actually throw D in there too. Do you need anything with a supplement to help magnesium absorption? Well, if it's an ion, it's completely absorbed. Otherwise, I mean, B6 helps. And in terms of calcium, magnesium, that's a big, that's a very important question because years ago, somebody in France said, oh, don't take more than two times the calcium compared to, you know, one time magnesium or one part magnesium. And that got translated to we need two parts calcium to one part magnesium and all the supplements reflected that it turns out you need 600 milligrams of both not the 1200 1500 milligrams of calcium you see and you know displayed in them you know the rda what i decided you know with my research and looking at the world health organization and the united kingdom uh, rdas they say 500 to 700 milligrams so I went to 600 milligrams of calcium from your diet should be enough calcium for a person. Okay. And that should be matched with 600 milligrams of a magnesium that's well absorbed. And the balance of the two work well. What we've got now with overcalcification in in our food supply, we we could have 10 times calcium to one time, one part or one time magnesium. And calcium does not 
run out of the body with diarrhea. It causes constipation. It precipitates. We've got um, breast tissue calcification that's misdiagnosed as breast cancer. We've got heel spurs, gallstones, kidney stones, atherosclerosis. If we don't have enough magnesium to make the calcium soluble, if calcium is soluble, uh, magnesium itself and vitamin D and vitamin K2 direct the calcium to the bones where it should be. Calcium is also a clotting factor. It's factor four in the clotting factor lineup. If you've got too much calcium, you could be clotting if you don't have enough magnesium to uh, dissolve it. It's a very very very... interesting point. Very, very interesting point. Um, now if people, you've, your book, the one that we are talking about, I know you've written several books, the magnesium miracle is, when was that done? I did that. Uh, I was asked to write it in 1999. I wrote it. <laughs> actually, it was going to come out on the day of nine 11. Oh, nine 11 was my, my launch day and everything stopped in Manhattan. So it didn't come out until 2003. I wrote um, a second big edition in 2017, and it's still completely relevant. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've got a new bo- a new update that that I'm I'm printing up because you know I've I've just come to the conclusion that if you if you don't have a stabilized iron of magnesium, you're just not going to get your body saturated enough to to deal with all the magnesium deficiency symptoms. The book is available, you know, Amazon, all the major places that people are interested in. Okay. Um, And the supplement, your supplement company, in case people are interested in investigating your ionized form of magnesium, what is the the company name? Right. At RNA Reset. So it's at rnareset.com. Okay. And my educational site is drcarolindeen.com. I'm not allowed to educate people on my um, on my dietary supplement site. Oh, okay. Well, then you know what? It's it's hand in hand. Um it's, I've looked at at all of the sites. Everyone is really well worth it and this magnesium book is such an eye-opener. Such an eye-opener. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't it, it, you can't blanket statement that it's involved in everything, but I mean it's sure it sure is close. So um, I, I really do recommend you you read. It's eye-opening. It truly is eye-opening. And, you know, to supplement with magnesium, this is not expensive either. It's not an expensive oh, no. supplement at no, all. Not at all. I not truly all. think, you know, for our overall health, you really need to take a dive here. I recommend magnesium for virtually everybody that I work with. And it, you know, talking to Carolyn Dean, I'm finding out about her supplement. I've ordered it myself, truth be told, and I'm going to try it myself. And I'm very, very grateful, Carolyn, that you are here to tell us all about magnesium and share your wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Kathy. It's been a pleasure. Everybody, we will talk to you next week on The Health Hub.
have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.